Alright, hello and welcome to uh, the first episode of Ministering the Word and uh, just a podcast where we're going to be spending time with uh, Steve Turner who's uh, been in ministry for five decades now and is an elder at West Church discipling us and many other young guys. Uh, my name is Han Lee, I'm one of the pastors at West Church. I'm here with... I'm Dwayne, I'm also one of the pastors at West Church. Yeah, we get the wonderful privilege to just chat with Steve and ask him all kinds of questions and uh, yeah, hear what he has to say. And uh, we just we think this podcast is going to be casual, just to chat with a, an experienced, uh, mature pastor and Christian man. And uh, yeah, we're really hoping it will be a, a blessing to uh, everybody who's listening as well. So mm. the first thing we thought we would ask is... Yeah, so the first thing we want to ask you, Steve, is um, we want you to take us back before ministry. Yeah. And take us back to your conversion. So mm, okay. Tell us how you came to the Lord, how he rescued okay. you. Uh, well, I was born you know, in Papakura in New Zealand in 1949 and into a uh, pretty loving family, you know, Christian family. And my parents, they, they were you know, very, very committed to, to the church. And um, they were really, they were very much part of the church, Tiaomutu Baptist Church, where where I was, sort of grew up eventually from the time we were sort of six on. So I, I had a lovely family, a lovely extended family with, with wonderful aunts and uncles. And um, I lived with, with my father's brother for three years. And then I lived with my grandparents for five years. And, and my grandmother particularly was an outstanding Christian person. So I grew up in this whole sort of marvellous atmosphere of family, Christian family, church, um, morning and evening, um, even prayer meeting before, before before I was converted was very much part of our whole sort of upbringing. Dad, a deacon, things being done by lots of members of my family for the church. Um, but then I went to, while I was up in Auckland, I went to, I, I came to Auckland to go to, to secondary school. So I was at secondary school in um and in my last year, um, things really, without going into any detail, they d- deteriorated for me from a moral point of view. So I was sort of living one life surreptitiously and yet outwardly very much part of the church and, and um, there every morning, every evening, part of the church. And yet things were, were not happy in my soul. And... and that I think the, the the difference between how it was that I was living and how how um, I and what I was hearing uh, the, the drove me in, into a, into a kind of a, a corner um, from a spiritual point of view and I and uh, in October of my seventeenth year, um, which was nineteen sixty six, I think I, I remember very clearly repenting and believing and 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 um in so in the early um, part of my 18th year january of the 18th year must be 1967 i i was baptized at tiamutu baptist church and i remember clearly that being a wonderful occasion i was so sort of so overjoyed and happy, you know, when I was when I was when I was converted, and I re- remember particularly that the the lordship of Christ was what really was what really um, was important to me. That um, he was he was my master, and and um, and I was enslaved to to a new master. Those two sort of ideas were very very 
prominent in my um, in my um, in my conversion sort of months um, when when things were radically radically changed. And outwardly, you know, I was still part of the church. Probably many people didn't see any particular difference, but there was a huge difference in in my soul in the in the in the last sort of months. I must have been sitting for exams too, um, for for secondary school. And, and then going into Christmas and going into January, being baptised in my 18th year, was really, really a, a lovely time. But um, straight away, um, in those early sort of months, I, was, I began working for my family business in the city and loved that um, and lived with my grandfather, who was the head of the business and, you know, loved him and adored him and thought so highly of him. Um, but... Even from an early, early stage in that first year of my Christian faith and into the second year of my Christian faith, um, when I was, when I was um, 19 years old, I remember very much thinking, you know, that I was owned, that, I, that someone else owned me and, that, and, um, and thinking that I very much always wanted to, to serve him. And that, and that sort of escalated and gradually you know drove me to um to um talk to my family about leaving the business and and entering into the um into my um into entering into the seminary when i was just just 20 years old so i remember sitting in church at mount albert baptist church in, in auckland city and and every time there's a missionary, there's a very strongly missionary church, and and quite a Bible church too. They were, I grew up in a in a good, fairly good church in in Auckland. It was a, con, a fairly conservative and, pra, and very prayerful church too, with large numbers coming to midweek um, prayer meeting on Wednesday nights, and. Um, but you know, whenever there was a missionary there, and they, and they kind of had altar calls and things like that, I always felt I needed to go up and and present myself for for, for a, to be a missionary. And, and initially, when I went into seminary, I did want to go. I went in as a missionary student. I wanted to go to India as a missionary. Yeah, but that never materialised really. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna really ask you about your ministry and your call to the ministry, mm. but uh, we don't want to spoil for the next no, episode. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you think about your conversion, mm. and you mentioned you know growing up in a really wonderful Christian home, and I think mm. a lot of people have that similar experience. Was there anything in particular that you can think of that led you to realize you were living a double life? Was it just the no? It, it must have been yeah. It must have been the um, the preaching in Madel. It must have been considerable enough to to drive me to that place of. Of decision, despair, but but I'm sure too. It was the the my, the expectations of my whole family were were so righteous, you know. In, in my among my grandparents, my father's family, my own parents, you know, the expectations there were were very clearly understood by me as a as a young man, and so all all of that. You know, he the Lord used to to drive me to to repentance. Yeah. Mm. And some uh, some years later, I I I listened to Tielicke, the, the German theologian, speaking at, in in Auckland about the law 
um, being like a sheepdog that drove people to Christ and drove them into the corner of the of the gospel, and herded them into the into the into the gospel, and that's how I I, I felt really in terms of my. You know the expectations of my family and the and the word that I was actually obviously receiving at Mount Albert to some degree, mm. yeah. Mm. I knew the Bible well. You know, we were we sat the Bible exams every year at Mount Albert, and you know we had the Bible read from the time we were little kids. So I knew I knew what the word was saying. You know, all of that was 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 richly there in 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 my heart, in my mind. Yeah. And as you think about, you know, your, I mean, obviously a really long time following Christ now, as you look back through the decades, you know, do you have any reflections and just things that, I mean, maybe periods where you, th- you thought, why wow, I really was stumbling a lot at this period or periods where you mm. felt really close to the Lord or yeah, reflections? Um, yeah, there are lots of, lots of things there. Um, I think when I think of, you know, my whole ministry, I, I, I can... I can understand how important the Reformed faith has been in my ministry, clearly from the very, very beginning, and I paid a price for it from the very beginning in the in the Baptist Union of New Zealand where, where, where I was right out on a limb and not understood by virtually every pastor in the, in the union. And uh, so I was saying something very different to what was being said in the Baptist Union generally. And... Um, and I, and I and I think I was very aware of the, of that difference from being a very young man. I, I became reformed in my first sort of very clearly reformed after about a year in the ministry. So about by about 1974, I, was, I think I was clearly um, I knew I knew my reformed position by the, by that stage fairly clearly. So I, I was always very sort of aware that that the reformed faith shaped my ministry but it's never been something never been a banner which I've sort of waved around you know I've, I've always believed that that, that um, the, the reformed faith is the biblical faith and, and my faith was 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 the biblical faith to be to be preached and and when people if people analyze it they'd they'd, they'd see clearly obviously that it was a, a reformed position so that you know that was that was very that, that's something that I've thought a lot on as I've thought about my ministry, and how that's really never wavered. I've never wavered from that reform position. Still, still in the, are in the same sort of position there. I think another thing that, that I've thought of uh, um, is uh, the the role of, of of friendships in my ministry. I haven't always been, you know, I've often felt quite lonely in the ministry. Actually, to be truthful. And and while well, not um, di- diminishing the importance of friendships in in New Zealand, haven't always found great friendships within the ministry in New Zealand. Yeah, you know, some of my be- very best friends have been in Britain and in the United States, but that only came about through travelling, and we are able to meet people. And since I've not been able to travel those friendships your new friendships in those places have been have really fallen right away I've not been able to find them because I've not been able to 
to travel because we in New Zealand we live so far away from most other countries geographically and we we just not able to go to the great conferences and in meetings of of um, similar like-minded churches and pastors and that meet so often in America or Britain and so you need to travel and, uh, and we need to we need to get out of our country I've been very very aware of that but that's helped you know I feel it's helped my ministry a lot by those months I had in in the United States um, with Leroy Imes and um, to whom I dedicated a book that I just sort of just written on disciple making and then going to Britain and for my masters and meeting lots of of wonderful people while I, mm. I studied over there. Yeah, but friendships are really important. And and also, you know, friendships, not only in the ministry, but friendships just with men that you just love being with. And, and of course, their friendships that you have in, within New Zealand because you can't be with people who are overseas, but you can, you can go on holiday or meet up with and have dinners and... Have times with people who maybe, you know, not in the ministry, but builders and plumbers and other people who you really and really enjoy. And I've I've really appreciated men, I've friendships of that kind, and appreciated the fact that men in in the church have been willing to give that kind of friendship, you know, to, to me as a pastor. Because being a pastor in a church is not always an easy sort of relationship with people. They they always see you in that in that light and don't allow you just to be a, another man, you know, with a family you know, who 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 has a has a desire to be to be loved and and to be befriended like other other people do. You know, so that's that's been that's been interesting too when I think about the, my life and ministry. There's yeah, really two point. things here. Because um. You know, obviously later on when I talk about the new book that you've written that's going to come out, but uh -huh. I remember one line you did say in that book is that as you think back over your ministry and your life, you, you can really see people in the church are hungering for true love and fellowship. Mm. You know, and that yeah. kind of Christ-like love reflected. But you know, I think a lot of people, especially in New Zealand, you know, even outside the church, people are being less and less social, mm. less and less friendships. People are feeling more and more isolated. Mm. But people can go to church year after year and not feel like they've really connected on a heart level friendship and yeah would you have any advice or encouragements to people who if they're if they're feeling like they're isolated even though they've been going to church year mm. after year or what would you say to the church in general about this whole area of friendship and true love and fellowship well i mean there are practical things people in the church can do straight away like some people go to church and leave immediately well that's a foolish thing to do if you're really looking for friendship you should stay behind and mm. meet people People in the church are not, are not coming to um, gatherings during the week. Well, that's also a foolish thing to do if you were looking for meaningful friendships and interaction, prayerful, spiritual interactions with people in the church. You, you, you should do better than that. Mm. Yeah. So those, those things sort of immediately come to mind when I... But I think, too, um, people... Um, need to open their hearts more to willingly open their hearts to people other brothers and sisters within the church more than they do um, confess your sins to one another which is 
that, that idea in James is, I think, tremendously important. That people people are just not obeying that command of James, and it is a command: confess your sins to, to one another and pray for one another. That's not being done, and that's sort of inhibiting their whole kind of relationship with people within the church because there, there's no transparency and open-heartedness there, as there, as you'd, as James would would like us to have. So those things, you know, are not conducive to to having um, you know, having good friendships and loving friendships with people, brothers and sisters within the church. Steve, we want to ask you one last question, and um, thank you for telling us about how you uh, came to Christ as a as a young man. Um, as you think about people early in their conversion, uh, what's one lesson that y you could pass on to people who are um, early on in their Christian walk? Something that you yourself wish you knew back in those earlier days. Mm. Mm. Lots of things. One thing I, I reckon is terribly important is is to have that some very meaningful um, sustained sort of friendship with a with a brother or or sister within the church who's more mature than you and and genuinely would love to meet up and love to interact with you pray with you and be in the word with you that kind of relationship is is so valuable and so helpful to a person who's who's young and growing and i would also in connection with that too i would definitely get into memorization of, of the scriptures too which helped me hugely um couldn't un understate its importance of, in my life the, all the memorization that i did over those uh, that early decade probably you know i think was was tremendously important i'd re I'd certainly recommend that as well yeah well thank you very much and uh <laughs> We're really glad you agreed to do it. You know, it took us a lot of convincing you. <laughs> and uh, we really hope that anybody who's listening really finds it an encouragement. Uh, you know, to all the people who are listening, we want you to send in any questions that you want Steve to answer as well. Mm. And uh, we'll keep it short and snappy, very casual, just like we're doing now. Yeah. Uh, but we've got lots of things in the tank that we're, mm. we're keen to do over the next few weeks and things like that. Mm. Uh, but thank you very much for this initial, you know, uh, session. And uh, just nice to hear about how you came to the Lord and, and all the lessons that you you're reflecting on there. Mm. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Do you have any final words you want to leave people no, with? No, that's or? fine. Okay. That's, that's enough for me. All right. Well, uh, until next time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.